previously on Roleplay Radio. Hey, hey, you! Oh, hey, uh, Adrian. Hello, Baldrick? Fildrick, that's Baldrick. Baldrick. Okay, yeah. Listen, lad, just wanted to apologize for our last encounter. Refresh my memory. It was the whole cult silver trove, Hadrian, silver trove. Oh, deal. Y- yep. Lad, we need to be careful. I knew I didn't like the sound of it, so I dug deeper. Turns out, changelings have been infiltrating us all along. We've found seven so far. What? I'm sure there are others. That, that's awful news. They were given a proper sentence for their behavior, for their infiltration. This is not honorable, Adrian. Can't be tolerated. Our silver troves must protect our clan name. We will not let outsiders stain it. Now you, talk to your parents. Make sure that their friends are not also trying to get their changeling grubby hands on. You can't trust them, Adrian. Who else have you told about this? Well... It's important to be discreet, lad. So just me, my brother, Baldrick, and uh, just a niece and nephew of mine, no big deal. They're uh, expert scouts. Bonkar and Vistra. In fact, they're going on a special mission, which I can't tell you about, unfortunately. Good. Don't you worry. <laughs> we'll get them all. We need to talk about Winter. Someone back home suddenly started acting a bit different. I figured out this person's not replaced by an orc is not being coerced into doing anything that I can tell. It's like she's under the effects of like a a suggestion or charm, person, friends, that sort of thing. But for like an extended period of time, that led me down another rabbit hole. This is a map of Rep. Hundreds of years ago, it was founded as a tiefling city. And then at some point, humans started showing up. Eventually it was, you know, roughly half human, half tiefling, perfectly fine. But after, you know, a century or two, the humans started acting different, anti-tiefling. And eventually this escalated to war. And that brings us to Redfell today, where there are very few tieflings and we're segregated to a separate part of the city. The worst part. The closer people get to Redfell, the worse that gets. It's so bad that sometimes someone might hire a, a caravan to transport them or a ship. And if that ship gets close enough to Redfell, then suddenly nobody likes that non-human person who's paid passage on the ship. Sometimes they're thrown overboard. I mapped out the worst of these. If there is a single source of what's doing this, then it is here. She points at like the epicenter of all of this. Now, this is actually very close to a uh, somewhat tiefling owned bar. Not, not entirely anymore, but... The Mermaid's Tale. Yep, that's the one. I hate to say this, but if I go, am I going to be more of a liability than a help? I I don't know. Just uh, depending on how far we get, we may not even get to that stuff. But did want to put it out there that this arc in particular deals with some pretty dark stuff. So uh, I can kill a lot. Uh-huh. Great, we'll see. Um, <laughs> I see this as being like the start of the more dark elements of this campaign. Oh, cool. That will just kind of continue cool. throughout this school year and future school years. Everybody cool with that? Or if you're not, pull out the card. What okay. potions did you roll today? Elixir of Boldness. Oh, Ooh, what does that do? Yeah. How's that do? Junger can roll a d4 and add the number rolled to every attack roll and saving throw they make for the next minute. Oh, shit. Yeah. It's a bless. 
I guess it is a blast. Okay. We begin today's session in an airship. The airship looks a bit like what I just sent you. Everybody looks at their phone. <laughs> <laughs> it is a very small, not even a ship. It would technically be a sloop, Ooh. is the term. A little air sloop. It is very obviously put together... Sloopily. Sloppily, sure. <laughs> Makeshift, is that the word? Yeah. yeah. Made at home. This is the one Osric made? Yeah, yeah. We begin today's session in Uncle Osric's airship. And that grizzled Leon and with an eye patch and face scars and beaded dreadlocks for a mane is steering the wheel as five students and a professor roam about the deck slash cabin. I think actually Lore is using the cabin right now to put all of his and Mistake's notes out in the open and review it for the hundredth time, coming up with more hypotheses and discussing things with anybody who cares to discuss with him while Uncle Oz is outside steering. I just want to know who's where. Uh, Kos is inside with Professor Galvan, as they know him, and they are wrapped up in their suit of convenience, which is currently in the shape of extremely poofy, extremely warm winter clothing, because it is winter and we are flying <laughs> in the open air, yeah. and they don't like that. <laughs> and they're staying indoors. What about the rest of you? Well, if it's cold, Gary is probably also inside. But I want to say that what he's doing is that he's gone inside to kind of double-check his potions, and then he has to keep walking outside to make sure that they still work when it's cold out. Because mm. some of these are things he developed at school where, like, the temperature's always the same all the time. <laughs> That's true. I think mistake is outside. She's wearing the cloak that she got from Joy. She sort of has that bundled and is like leaning on the rail, just kind of looking over. Unlike me, Mistake is canonically not afraid of heights. <laughs> so she's chill with this. Her eyes are watering because of just like the wind and the cold. Uh, I want to say that King is inside with Professor Mirshag looking over those notes and with Koss and Gary just because I like Mistake being alone and with her thoughts. <laughs> Can you? I would say Griff is next to us. Okay. Wearing a, a lined tracksuit <laughs> with, with a hood. Like a big ski suit. Okay. And uh, he's got some sweet goggles on because wind. Yeah. So Uncle Laws would have asked Griff to, to hold the steering wheel. Just hold it, you know, it's okay. Um, he's trying to look real cool with it though. <laughs> and he's coming back with this like moth riddled blanket on his way, we'll just kind of leave it over the railing next to mistake. Sorry if it has ticks on it. Oh. Uh, have you considered maybe seeing about fixing that perhaps? You know, not not having blankets with ticks? <laughs> Here's to well, see. When you're as broke as me, gotta make do with what you got. I'm pretty aware of that. We don't we <laughs> right. don't give people yeah. Blankets with ticks on them usually. We usually try to. Either. We try to fix that. <laughs> After just like shaking his head, he's just like, I was trying to be kind. And he just walks away. And would then mistake just feels really bad. <laughs> <laughs> would you be close to the steering wheel or would you be like away? Wherever she could eavesdrop better. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, alright. All right. So you're within a distance that Uncle Lost thinks you probably can't hear him. But you probably can. <laughs> and he gets back to the steering wheel. Thanks. 
How you doing? Uh, peachy. Never flown a ship before. I mean, internally, how you doing? Good, good, good. How are you doing? Great. Internally. No. <laughs> Great. Haven't slept well in years. So I'm doing about the same as always. Okay. Yep. Griff doesn't know how to talk to us, I think. Sure. <laughs> about that, um, I didn't mean to give you a hard time about last summer, about abandoning me when I was trying to get my eye back. I know, it's my business, not yours. It's literally your eyeball. Yeah. It's a great base that you, you and your friend built. Thanks. Time well spent. Yeah, it's just uh, unfortunate that it's just me there, not Jelly or Bart. Yeah. You know what I was doing last summer? Looking for your eyeball. No. That was just a weekend. All right, okay. What were you doing? I was infiltrating a gang. A very famous gang. Probably the most famous in the world. Go on. Gang which most people would deny exists. Yeah, uh, uh, Ulrich? Yes. Okay. Yes, okay. good job. Good job. Any news on your behalf about said gang? Uh, no, not, I mean, you know, about Mage Hunter and Yeah, yeah, no, we know, we know all that. I'm concerned, Griffin, for you, your friends. And he, like, looks over at the stake. I'm not sure you guys know what you're getting yourselves into. Not for nothing, but it, it seems to be getting us into it. Yeah, well, I've, um, I've seen him. Murgak Sorgren Shell, captain of the Auric. Uh, I, 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 saw, I saw him. Where? It's um, out west, a place called the Badlands. They move around a lot, so as to not get caught. But Griffin, he gets very, um, he always is very silent and gruff anyway, but there's fear in his eye. It's very rare because he's a, he's a rogue, he's a, he's a thief, he's a leader of the unseen. Like, this guy is bold, and he's currently frightened as he speaks. And you can tell that his paw is shivering as he holds the steering wheel. And he says, the things that guy can do, Griffling, I've seen him touch a man once, just once. That man started convulsing, fell to the floor, vomited blood till he died. I've seen a person try looking him in the eye, looking through the mask, and the next morning his eyes were gone. Not gouged, not Pried out, just gone, like they'd evaporated. I don't think Murgaxer's just any blood ritualist ne necromancer, no. He, he's something else. So yeah, uh, if it's okay with you, I'm going to be 
within an arm's reach more often. Because, um, shit hits the fan. I don't want my nephew to suffer what I've seen others suffer. Griff's never heard a family member express care like that. Griff makes like some fleeting eye contact with him and he just puts his scaled paw on the steering wheel to kind of steady it since his hands are, Osric's hands are shaking yeah. and he just quiet, doesn't have anything to add to, can't make him feel better. Sure. He notices your silence and he just says, this must feel strange, I know. <laughs> Me of all people. Well, let's just say, uh, about a year ago, a wise little tiefling said to me that it's not about whether or not people care about you. It's about what you put out into the world and what you are doing to make it better. And as he's saying that, he's looking over at Mistake. He was most definitely not listening. Yeah. That tit crawls off. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, indoors, Professor Musha is going on and on and on. It's like, see here? So this is the heart of the city. And over here, presumably the city was much larger. Here he's drawing, he's tracing the harbor with like a very different coastline. This is where uh, the ships used to dock. And over here, believe it or not, this was an entire zoo. They held marine aquatic animals here near this part of the harbor. All so an that. aquarium. Yes, I suppose. Yeah. They, thank you for listening, Gary. Is Koss listening at all? Uh, Koss is zoned out. Koss is still considering what, how they're going to deal with the Silver Trove thing, since this is going to be their one chance, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Now, the dig, the dig is going to happen around here. I've already sent the Silver Troves ahead of time. They've already started the dig for a few days now. So by the time we get there, I presume we'll be good to head down and, well, keep going and see what we find. Question about that? Yeah. What exactly did you tell them about me? About you, not much. I figured it was best to be discreet. Okay, good. Um, I figured you... I just wanted to double check, yeah. Yes, I, I'm sorry I didn't quite consider your feelings on the matter. Are you Are you okay? I'm, I'm okay, yeah. Everything's okay. Anything I can do? No. No. Okay. He, like, starts organizing his paperwork, giving you guys a brief moment of respite from his, his lectures. How much does Gary know about, like, what's going on with Koss and the Silver Troves? Gary is the reason why Koss got sent off out of Ravnica. Okay, so a fair amount yeah. in that sense. Gary was the one who walked in on Koss changing. <laughs> <laughs> Makes it sound changing. so much yeah, worse than it is. Yeah. Yes. Changing faces. Yes. <laughs> Professor Lore will put it out there, like... Well, we are nearing. We're about 30 minutes from the city. Anybody who wishes to, he holds up the rival book. Anybody who wishes to go in discreetly, now's the time. And I think King would immediately jump in like, yep, that, that's probably a good call. Getting out is hard enough. Anyone else? And he'll put the offer out to Griff too in the stake. Oh, I, I should be fine. Um... Koss is currently a bugbear because they have fur, <laughs> and then they'll become a human instead. Griff has an aversion to the books tonight. No. Okay. Mistake will ask, uh, what, what is the actual plan? What are we doing? Well... Are we just going straight underground? I would much prefer it if we 
got the job done sooner rather than later so we don't waste yes, time. Yes, absolutely agreed. Just um, wanted to make sure I don't really like going into a book where I can't control anything else that's happening. Right, well, if we have a place to go to, I can let you guys out immediately once we're there. And King kind of looks at Mistake, like, I might know of a place. Oh, yeah. You know, the old hideout. We, we can't... Mistake kind of looks over at Gary. We can't bring a human there. I'm bringing Leon in there would already be weird. No. Is... My presence complicating things, and Professor Galvan's presence. Because we could probably meet you somewhere else. Do we want to head straight into the tunnel then? Uh, that would be my preference. If your chances are as he has to ask me questions, better. Alright, that's good. King is a little like. But I. Uh, oh, alright, oh, fine. Did well, you whatever. Need to- Get something or no, no, I just some people I haven't seen in a while and I quite miss them and thought I would say hello. Gives shoots a mistake a look and is like thought you'd want to say hello too, but I guess priorities. Right. Yes, I understand. I'm not going in the book. Mistake just like rubbing her temples, being very annoyed and thinking <laughs> silently, not out loud at all, but oh, this is why I didn't want to involve everyone. This would be so much easier on my own. It's just like, all right, fine, the tieflings go in the book, everyone else just do whatever. Right. Right? Yes. Great. <laughs> Professor Bisha was about to be like, oh, yes, yes, <laughs> tieflings go in the book. <laughs> I'm not getting in the book. Fine, fine. At least put this on, will you? And he, out of his uh, handy haversack, he, he's like, oh, crap. And he begins pouring out all his books and then two sets of very fancy clothing just spit out of his handy haversack. He's like, oh, great. For you, and Osric, and throws him another set, <laughs> which Uncle Oz catches and just like, silk. Silk. All right. <laughs> all right, great. So... We have book team and we have refusing to book team. Where are we all meeting? I know King wants to go visit some people before we deal with this. Well, the silver troves are digging. It's not ideal, but the dig begins in an alley right near the mermaid's tail. Oh, easy. So the mermaid's tail? Well, it's currently in the process of being very heavily gentrified, so maybe the alley behind the mermaid's tail? Okay, sure, that works. Great, I'm glad. Let's meet there, shall we? All right. Anybody who's getting in the book, stand in front of it now. King immediately moves in front of it. Griff is annoyed with King. Ah, that's right, because King stood up to him. Yeah. No, no, why are we wasting our time talking about visiting people? If this is business, let's go. The kid's wasting time. That's wow. Cool. Well, Griff's not chiming in. But, but also, you might die. I'm not going to the book. <laughs> and so he says lore. King, surprised that Mistake stood next to him, will tentatively go for the arm yeah. around, hooking yeah. arms with Mistake. But he hesitates, and it's very clear. Book starts glowing. The two tieflings disappear, leaving... The three of you, the professor and Uncle Laz there. Okay, human up, Kos. We
And so you arrive. You can see the port city of Redfell down below. It is winter time now, and thus the infamous trees from which Redfell Infamous. Is, or <laughs> famous. Damn. Sorry, sorry. You know <laughs> what I mean. Slave blood. What did they do? These trees are racist. <laughs> hey, hey, hey you guy! Yeah, fuck you! Hey, is that an oak growing over there? Not on my side of the street. <laughs> Cut those roots! Gentry five came in. Gentry. Oh no. Screw you guys. Um it is winter time now. The um the famous red trees from which Redfell gets its name from. They are leafless and sad, unfortunately. But the city itself is still something of a spectacle from above. Commerce is already booming. I, I picture this being like dawn, like you guys were flying overnight, meaning it was really, really cold. <laughs> Commerce is already booming at dawn. There are dozens of ships docked at the harbor, loading and unloading cargo. And you can see the clear difference, the split between two vastly different communities. Uphill, you can see the gorgeous architecture, the Lord's Manor is at the heart of it, surrounded by beautiful buildings made of brick and concrete, and the roads are paved with cobblestones. Meanwhile, downhill, the streets are unpaved and muddy beyond belief, and furthermore, all of the red leaves that have fallen from the trees have been washed away downhill, creating this like thick carpet of muddy red sludge that the tieflings are left to deal with. Some say that after the beauty of autumn passes, the truer representation of Redfill emerges with the rich folk enjoying the foliage in its prime and the tieflings enduring the garbage that comes after. And so the ship lands and just to kind of fast forward a little, Professor Mirsha, two humans and two very nicely dressed Leonin get through the gates pretty much without question because Professor Mirsha made sure that those silks that they're wearing have the burning hammer crest front and center and the guards ask no questions. Nor do they ask questions when they see Professor Mirsha and his entourage of two humans because Professor Mirsha is technically a noble and the last of his line. So you guys make it right in. Cosmo is preparing an, um, a persona, an identity, to give to the guards. And um, they're about to do it, and then they just get waved right in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just come on, I'm holding traffic, come on. Why do you look disappointed right now? I had a thing. Ah, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't know you. I didn't actually have a thing. <laughs> However, inside the book, this is a scene where... Can I get an audience suggestion of what this scene is in the rival book? It is one I'm going to write later. Uh, because that's what I do. Any scene we mention, I have to write. And I love it. It's great. <laughs> an escape from a collapsing building. Ooh, bonus! This is where rival meets her animal companion. <laughs> the animal companion being a mouse. This is the scene where Rival follows the mouse out of the collapsing building. Could even be a cat. Cat burglars? I don't know. Okay, so I'm gonna call it and say it's a cat. It's a black cat. Because I miss Elfie. Yes, that's right. I want to make you all sad. I'm feeling sad today. So, 
So uh, we see inside. I felt sad. So fuck you. <laughs> we see um, mistaken and King sitting where there would be like a town square, like there's a fountain, and the building in front of you is collapsing, and we can see Rival chasing this black cat that stole like an important set of keys, and we see Rival chasing the cat through the windows as the building is collapsing. King is just mesmerized by this, as well as putting his hands through things, because everything yeah. just kind of goes through. So he hasn't said much to mistake, but eventually, after we see the building collapse, and he's just like... <gasps> And then we see Rival emerging, safe and sound, holding the cat under her arms. He's like, oh, thank goodness. You'll eventually, like, look over at Mistake. So... There are, like, seven more books that weren't going to kill her off in this one. Yeah, good. Thank, thank goodness. Yeah. I wasn't sure if it was, like, an alias that many people took up. I don't know. But anyway, um... I didn't mean to call you out back there. That was unworthy. What? When? In the ship. Just, I'm, I'm having trouble with all of this. Yeah, yeah, me too. You know, two, two years ago, it was just a lot of us against the world. Now you are bringing a group of people into our hometown, two of which are human. It's just a lot. Yeah. It, it is. Very much feel like I'm in way over my head. Started out just trying to help Joy, and um, now it's this. And I don't even know if it's going to help. Yeah, about that, I, I, are you... Are you certain? I mean, I don't know. Joy's always been Joy. I mean, she's true to her name. I, I just think perhaps the paranoia, it's, it's, it can can be a bit manipulating, I don't know. I mean, it's not just me that's noticed something. I noticed it, and then Rezzy did talk to me about it separately. Rezzy did? Okay. Well, I assume if anyone's gonna know better, it's her own husband. Right, that's what I figured. And honestly, if he asked me for help, he must be desperate. He hasn't asked me for help on anything since that time I accidentally made Seki's mum fall through the roof, like four years ago. She still has those scars. Yeah. She got better. She did, after a bit. Uh, anyway, that's all. I just wanted to say sorry. I, I know your heart's in the right place. <laughs> well, that means something coming from you. You're usually the one I go to for this sort of thing, to know if what I'm doing is right. Usually. He stays quiet. He's like thinking of what to say, just takes it back, opens his mouth, closes it again, like, nope, nope. And then suddenly the world around you starts glowing, like, what's going on? We're being let out. Is it gonna hurt? Boom! <laughs> <laughs> I think right there, you're spat out and you land on dirt. You are outside of your hideout. And King. You just see the tension in his shoulders drop, being surrounded by familiarity. And you see the professor there saying, they wouldn't let me in. I'm surprised you made it this far. Well, I, I'm going to go back and uh, meet the others. Please meet us there as soon as you can, okay? You know, 
There are ways you could be more welcomed. All in good time. And he just like skitters <laughs> off. King's like, what? Long story. As soon as you say that, the curtains open and you see your friends Dream and Sakori there. And they both run in and hug you guys. <laughs> Slash kind of pull you in <laughs> to the hideout, close the curtains, big group hug. But it is only those two. Dream is saying, oh, thank God you're here. We've been worried sick. Our mistake. Sukori holds out like a little basket of like muffins. Where did, where did you get the muffins? Oh, Joy. <laughs> How did Joy get the muffins? You're not going to believe this, says Sukori. And he's just like, Joy actually uh, got them from the marketplace. And she gave me one. I, I had one. And I said, Joy, really good this. And you know what she said to me? She said, anything for my daughter's friends. <laughs> Could you believe it? I mean, I mean, yes, but Lord, this is a mess. It was like a dog calling a cat's sister. I mean, it just felt so off. <laughs> no offense. No, no, you're right. It is off. But I'm still very curious who she managed to buy muffins from. Dream is like, guys, guys, we need to focus here. There's something more important going on. It's about Cess and Indy. As Dream turns to King and Mistake and starts to explain, you just see Sakori from the peripheral vision just like staring at Dream longingly. Oh. And Dream is like, um, Cess and Indy, they got themselves arrested. Oh no. Oh yes. No, I kind of always knew this would happen for Cess, but how did Indy get involved? Yeah, so Cess tried to pickpocket the new owner of the mermaid's tail. And he got caught. The guards arrived. But so did Indy with her slingshot. Bless that child, she's getting way too good at that. Anyway, they've, they've given them a week. It's been two days, but they're not, they're not feeding them. And, you know, it's not too unusual for them to forget. Right. There's more. They, they marked him. They marked Seth. Badly. Listen, I don't know about you lot, but we, we, there are bars on the windows. We're gonna go at least give them some kind of food. Don't care if we get in trouble for it. And King's like, yes, yes, no, absolutely. A ab absolutely. I, mistake, you're coming, right? Uh, I don't know, say, let me do it. Just entirely, I can disguise myself. Be less risky. Yeah, actually, that might be a good call. And as you're all discussing, you hear Professor Mirsha's voice again, outside. <clears throat> mistake? So he kind of goes over and peeks out through the little curtain. Hey, um, there's been a development. We need to go. We need to go now. What sort of development? We need to go now. There's, there's, some, there's other people that may or may not have heard of our plan, and we should go. All right. King is like, mistake. We need to go. All right. Um, okay. Yes. Either both, both things require being not here. So we're going to be not here and then deal with both things. <laughs> mistake. Which, which both, both things need to happen like now. So I got to go and do, do two things. Just the two things, and then I'll be back. 
One of those two things does involve bringing food to our friends and maybe also breaking them out of prison. I haven't decided that. We need, but we, we should go do this now, right? Yes, but that requires not being here. We need to leave here, like, now. Sh sure, okay, yes. Uh, <laughs> similarly, Professor Misha's like, what two things? Mistake, we need to go now. That's what I'm saying. We need to go now. <laughs> and you guys head out, <laughs> but literally you're being pulled in two separate directions. Which way does Mistake go? Uh, Mistake's thinking is get everyone together at the Mermaid's Tale, tell them, hey, two of my friends are in jail and they haven't been fed for days, I'm going to go deal with that real <laughs> yep, quick. Yep, yep. Then deal with everything else. So that's that's her plan. That's okay. sort of what she she whispers to King as she like grabs him and pulls him out of the hideout. Meet up with everyone at Mermaid's Tale, tell them we need to help our friends, go help our friends, then go do everything else. Two things, just the two. Okay, all right. Sure, if you say so. Meanwhile, in the alley behind Mermaid's Tail, Carrie, oh sweet Carrie. Oh no. Who's <laughs> <laughs> <was> being mugged? <laughs> so, <laughs> something about something about this city doesn't feel right to you. It's like it's almost like a stench that you cannot escape. But it's it's internal, it's in your mind. It's not it's not a stench, it's just it's a presence. Can you please roll a wisdom saving throw? I can. That's a two. Oh, that's bad. We're starting. It, it's oh, a two plus one. Yay! And I remind you that you do have beloved inspiration, but that is up to you <laughs> whether or not you want to use Can't it. Human. Like He's not human? That being said, not gonna use it yet because that's once per day, right? We're just getting started yeah. here. Yeah, we are. I don't even know what's gonna happen. So it's funny that, that Michael should say that because as you're you're waiting around with your friends, you can't help but want to clutch your coin purse a bit tighter. <laughs> it's like a reflex. Your hand is just there. Furthermore, any anybody that you see walking down the street who isn't human, you can't help but feel like you need to keep their eyes on them at all times, otherwise they might do something the moment you turn your head. There's no trusting anyone around you that isn't someone you at least know very personally. That's what you feel. Okay. I think he definitely would act on the coin purse thing, but it would be, you know, kind of a like, if you've got a shoulder bag that's on one shoulder and hanging fairly loose, like, pick that up over his head so it's a lot tighter to his body, and otherwise just kind of seems tense. <laughs> Uncle Oz is just like, oh, that's all I was waiting around for. Where are the others? We need to get started. I'm sure they, they'll come around eventually. My unseen are already in the city. I should go join them and try to keep the guards away from this place. You're not coming with us, right? No, no, our job is out there. Then what? You can go join them. We can handle this. You sure? Right? We can handle this. Right. Yeah. Riffling, take care. Cool. All right? I'll see you when all this shit is over. Great. Great, guy. Okay. All right. I'm going to try to keep the guards as close to, I don't know, their base, the jail as possible, okay? See ya. And he runs off. Wait, how? Okay, never mind. He's gone. He's murdered. <laughs> I think that's when Professor Mircea arrives 
with not just Mistaken King, but two other tieflings as well. As Professor Mircea is, is coming, he's like, thank you, Mixitos, I really appreciate the help. Talk to you soon. Bye. And onto a sending stone, yeah. he puts it away. And when he arrives, reunites the group, and he's just like, okay, development? Yes? Uh, additional development? Right, right, you first, and then I'll say that's my thing. Go. Uh, two of my friends are in jail and haven't been fed for days. Going to deal with that first. Yep, yeah, yes, yes. Can we help? What did they do? Steal something. To be fair, only one of them stole something. The other one shot the guards with a slingshot. Good weapon. So they're rightfully in jail? I, no, not. No. It, they, are, they are as rightfully in jail as someone rightfully in jail would be if they stole from your dad. So they're rightfully in jail for stealing? Do you think I, you attempt to steal something from your dad just yeah, like last I, I summer? Don't get caught, but I mean... Okay, listen, this, this, this doesn't matter. How can we help? So, short term, quick solution, uh, deliver food. Long term solution, prison break. Um, better solution, pretend to be a rich person, buy them? Um... What? So, so I should technically tell you all that Mixatos and the Gruel Clan are nearby, but so is our goblinoid vampire friend, who may or may not have caught on to what we are doing here, and may or may not have found the escape tunnel. Now, we need to go down now. Okay, but two of my friends are starving. Yes, very, very, I'm have, very concerned about that. Do we have food? Uh, I made protein bars for we, the journey in. Grabs the basket of muffins from Seki. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. These might last them slightly longer. I mean, probably, yes. Right around then, you hear, Get out of here! And you hear, as uh, a tiefling rolls over in the mud. Not a tiefling known to you guys. Mistake maybe have seen yeah. him around. And then you see a couple of lackeys come out of the tavern, push the tiefling around, and don't come back here, you hear me? You also hear, lads, lads, what have I told you? And a very richly dressed guy who is very obviously the owner of the tavern because, you know, he looks the part and the lackeys, he's like, oh, sorry boss. Like, and what have I told you? Never go for the face, the gods will catch on. You've seen his face. He's a human, but he's got white hair like Gary, funnily enough. But he's young. He's like probably in his 30s. And that's all you see for now. Griff sees that and he's like looking casually over his shoulder and then goes back to the group and just starts casually having the conversation. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. goes, Mistake, meanwhile, goes over and helps the person up. <laughs> yeah. Why, if, if, if we don't know how we're going to do anything with your friends in jail, then why don't your friends and King go and scout it, and then we can go do our thing and then come back. And yes, I love this idea. Our Thank thing you. could take days. And if more tieflings go to scout to prison or jail, then more tieflings end up in jail. Can I? Uh, here's something that might work. I could send pigment with your friends. Pigment's small, he can fit into tight spaces, he could sneak. That's true. Pigment would do much better at that than Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, um, 
And the cost is going to conjure up their paint elemental pigments. Basically hold out their hands so that pigment is resting on them and say, Alright, pigment, mm -hmm. I want you to go with these nice people. Um, what are, what are your names? Dream and Sakori. Dream and Sakori, I want you to go with these nice people, do what they say, and we'll have you back and give you lots of paint. You eat paint. <laughs> I, I also probably should have really done introductions. Uh, Dream, Sakori, Kos, Gary, Griff, otherwise known as the F-Squad. Is Kos still a human right now? Yes. They're, they're a little confused? Kos is only a human sometimes. Right. I'm a human all the time. Hi. Hello. You get used to him. Right. G good to meet you all. Sorry, you're too nice. Thank you for this. Yes, we're gonna go. And then I think King, I think this is where he has a little moment of, oh, really? You're going with them. I'm, I'm going to see our friend's mistake. No, you should. You should go protect them. I'm going to keep trying to fix this whole town so this never happens again. You mean maybe fix this whole town so it never happens again? Maybe, but this is the closest anyone's come. Right. And I'm doing everything I can for our friends. That's why Pigment's going with you, so if anything goes wrong, we can just come back. Right. So we're yes. looking over you. And besides, you're there. You can heal people now. I saw you with that giant shield, your proper protector. Thanks. I'm, I'm going to try. You'll succeed. I'm the one made mistake, remember? <laughs> sure. Sorry. I must go. Dream, Sakori, let's go help our friends. Yeah. And he can't make eye contact with mistake anymore. He feels a little bit betrayed. I feel like I just made the wrong decision. You didn't. He's just emotional. Cos? It's a tense situation. I don't think there was a right one. Let's go. Um, you said that this was time sensitive. So... Yes, right. Um, Professor, does that mean Fane is also here? Why would Fane be here? He's been working with Rooks. Oh, why? I don't know, because... Both that is a very good vampires? <laughs> no! That is a very good point. And he's like, he's a vampire. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just hope for our sakes that the answer is no. Let's go, shall we? And he stomps on the ground twice. The ground begins to open up as two pairs of arms, very hairy, thick, sturdy arms, crawl out. And you see the faces of two dwarves looking up at you. One of them male, one of them female, presenting at least. And yeah, they both have beards, because of course they do. This is, force. this is Vonkar and Vistra, who you've never met, but you've, you've heard their names because the Silver Troves said as much. So they emerge out of the ground, and Vistra is the first to speak. Hi there, F-Squad. Vistra, Vonkar, Vonkar, Vistra, F-Squad. Yes, that'll teach them our names. Charmed. Hi there. Nice to meet you. They're both very dirty, obviously. Like, they look like they've been underground for days. <laughs> Probably smell like it, too. Coming? Yep, let's go. All let's right. Go. Let's go. Happy to get away from here. Yeah. Finally. 
and they lead you down this tunnel that they then close up so that they don't leave the hole on the surface. So it immediately feels very claustrophobic. Gary, can you roll another wisdom saving throw for me, please? That's a 10. Okay. It's better than a three. It's a 10, right, total? Mm -hmm. The DC was 10. And here's the thing though, it's gonna go up by one every time I ask you to do it. Oh, so you pass this time, you suddenly get this feeling of like, why was I clutching my purse? And you can still kind of hear some of those whispers in your ear, but now it's, it's a lot more like a fly buzzing around you. Where like, it's annoying, but you're in control now. Now you're consciously racist. <laughs> no, <laughs> now you're consciously aware that there's something fucky going on here for lack of a better term. It's a good term. Okay. And the two silver troves and Professor Mirsha start leading you down this tunnel. It smells a little bit like sewage here because it is very close to the sewers. Slash some of it might even be seeping through. Uh, mistake use the floorhold scarf to oh, nice. tie around nice. her face to deal with the smell. Does he, is he always this compact? Does it get any wider? Oh yeah, don't you worry. This ain't even the main tunnel. Oh. Good. Come right here, don't lag behind. There are mice and rats and bugs crawling about. Hooray. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just making small talk as you guys yeah. are going down this tunnel. How dark is this tunnel? Very dark, <laughs> and in fact, Professor Mirsha holds out a lore hold. Pendant? Well, I was thinking pendant. Um, oh, it's no fly? Fine, fine. He, <laughs> he holds out this lore hold pendant that is glowing to get some light into this tunnel. Right this way, stay, stay with me. Oh no, I've seen people like this. The, the tour guides on campus that have the little, the bright orange flags. Yes, yes, in fact, yes you have. And uh, you come across this opening in this tunnel where it's more of like the size of this room and there is floor, solid surface for half of it. The other half is a wide open space where the silver troves have filled a tunnel going straight down perpendicular to the earth and in fact before you guys even go laura's like anybody have another pendant oh i think we all do yeah yeah we, so. we all kind of have one just great always as you guys pull yours out i just folded it up and put it in my bag and uh, i never took it out again <laughs> makes hers glow and then uses that silver wire from class to attach it to one of her horns. Nice, <laughs> nice. Um, since you guys do that, he will throw his pendant down and you see the glow of light head deeper and deeper and deeper and it just vanishes. Whoa. It does have an end point, right? Oh yeah. Like you've been down to the end point? You'll see. We found something kind of interesting and we didn't go deeper because fuck that. Interesting uh, how? Kind of interesting in the it might kill you sort of ways, or...? You ain't gonna find treasure if you just dig in the surface. Just come, you see. And <laughs> Von Karr, who's been very quiet, had like a big old backpack. He will set it down, still very quiet, with rough, pulls out a carpet unfurls it and it just floats Ooh. over this gap and he just steps right in. Did you make that? Mm -hmm. the, did you make it? Mm -hmm. Do you know who did make it? Mm -hmm. Vista is like, my brother doesn't speak too much. So uh, just hop in. Yeah. 
before Gary gets on the carpet, he's gonna pull out uh, a pair of like great big glasses. Uh, this is he's casting dark vision on himself. Nice. Are they magnifying Gary's eyes? Yeah, to a yeah. Degree? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I love it. I love that. Ah, neat. Mistake just immediately as soon as that thing is there, just jumps on board. It's like, all right, let's go. I think Vista's like holding out a hand for everybody, so he, she takes your hand like, oh, who are you, handsome? Oh, um, I'm Koss. Oh. Koss is going to consider briefly, and then they'll put on like the biggest smile that they can and just like change their face to match the Vistra's and be like, pleasure to meet you, I'm a changeling. Oh. And then change their face back to how they were. Oh. Hmm. Interesting. All right, everybody hop on. And she just lets go of her hand, hops into the carpet and leaves you to hop in by yourself mm -hmm. after giving everybody a hand. Gary tries to help Koss onto the carpet and makes it worse. <laughs> yeah, roll a, roll a dexterity saving throw. Oh my throw. god. This carpet is kind of wobbly. Me too. Me too. All right. <laughs> a three. All right, well, I got a 14. <laughs> Gary successfully helps cause into the carpet and then nearly falls over the edge himself. Gary has to be helped up by mm -hmm. Professor Mircha and the Silver Troves. Like, how could, come on, Gary, now's not the time to be clumsy. I don't choose to be clumsy. Well, grab onto Grip, he's sturdy. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I like that thought process. <laughs> I should be offended, wait. <laughs> And you all hop onto the carpet. Once we're on, Mistake kind of leans over to Koss and just asks, you okay? I'm fine, yep. 16 insight. Yeah, no, not so much. I suspect you're about as fine as I am. Shall we just leave it at that for now? Yeah, okay, that, that sounds good. We, we're dealing with your thing right now. And we'll, we'll deal with your thing. Later. Right now, your thing. Okay. Gives a pat on the shoulder. <laughs> Koss returns the pat. <laughs> Vonkar and Vistra are trying to make small talk, but only with the professor and Gary and Griff. Not so much cause, and now that mistake is being comforting to cause, not so much mistake anymore. It's like, so, y'all a unit or like just met for this mission? I'm more of a squad. Oh. And we call ourselves the F squad. Y'all, uh, y'all a very interesting squad. Yeah. Normally squads come in like, I don't know, families, clans. Y'all just kind of a mismatch, huh? Usually they just call those clans. Thanks, Koss. Or guilds? That wasn't what I was getting at, but thank you. Or households? <laughs> I mean, I'm used to kind of choosing your family in a way. Mm. Could say that our differences make us stronger. I suppose you're right. You know, I got my strengths and then my brother has his strengths and yeah, I could see that. Anyway. It's a very awkward ride down, and it's moving pretty slow. You're heading lower and lower and lower. The top kind of disappears because it's so dark down here. On the way down, assuming we're like sitting, if sure. it's as long, yeah. the mistake just kind of leans against Koss. <laughs> she is feeling sad and recognizing Koss also not feeling good is just sort of like, I don't know how to cope with either of our feelings right now, so affection. <laughs> but also sympathy. Also, I'm sad. Yeah. 
And as you're heading lower and lower, all of a sudden, the ground kind of shakes. And Bonkar and Vistra are both like on alert. They stop the carpet. And Bonkar, who again hasn't said a word other than grunts, just leans into the wall, touches it, and sees that there's some water dripping. He goes, <laughs> and he begins fortifying it, basically taking dirt from the other sites and making it crawl along the walls and fortifying this particular area. And Vistra's just like, can't be too careful. Lots of water up there. Lots and lots of it. We'll be okay. I'm sure we'll be okay. And uh, Bonkar, for the first time, actually says one word. And he just says, Bullet. Sorry, what? Hmm? Sorry, what? You said you, know, you said bullet. Bullet. Like, like, like the like the land sharks. What are these? They're they're these. Uh, I've heard from dwarves that I just happen to know that these are basically burrowing, razor-teethed, armored moles. Oh, don't be so ridiculous, but let's don't come this close to shore. Right, I vaguely recall this from Professor Lang's class last year. And How big? About the size of a very fat horse. <laughs> uh, Bonkar also says one word that you can make out, which is a alper. Dealt with owlbears? Yeah, but owlbears aren't wearing plate armor. Oh. Oh, right. I'm sometimes, you know. Have you dealt with them before? You seem to know a lot about them. Oh, yeah, perhaps sometime. I did back in my day, you know, obviously. I guess they're better, do Oh, but we can't just go and watch us here. Anyway. And Vista. Power vibes. Vista's like, anyway, it's not a bullet, it's just the water. Okay. That sounds worse. I mean, if it's just the water doing that much, then that's a lot of water pressure. With enough earth, you can control it. It'll be fine, you have us. I can't stab water. I mean, I can, but it doesn't really do anything. Well, let's just hope for the best, okay? This would be a really bad time for me to say my name, wouldn't it? And you keep descending and descending, and thus, you reach the bottom, or rather, where the silver tropes stopped digging, because they reached what appears to be, right in front of you, the very tip-top of a bell tower. In fact, you see the bell. They dug just around the very top, and inside is still hollow, and you can see down. But the rest of it is enclosed with, with earth. Oh, goodness gracious, we... looks like we've made it. There's a, there's a whole city buried down there. Professor Mirashaw picks up his pendant that he dropped from way up top, you know, brushes off the dirt and puts it into his coat. Um, do you mind just, like, keeping that out? Oh, sure, sure, yeah. 
the top of the bell tower, there's a sun, the symbol of the sun on the bell itself, which is very, very old, rusted, cracked, very much in rough shape, probably not even hanging anymore. It's just kind of there, sitting. Does Mistake recognize the, the symbol from any of her research? I'm not even gonna have you roll for this, yeah. Yeah, the sun, you would remember, they, they carved the sun at the top of every church that worshipped the old gods of the seasons. Because no matter what season it is, the sun is always there. So every church of the four seasons, which doesn't exist anymore, used to have suns. I recognize that. You could say that the sun's ringing some bells. Oh god. Uh, come on. I mean, what, it, no, 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 I liked it, I liked it. Winter festivity time, you know. Tis the season. It's the light at the end of the tunnel. Let's, oh, let's sorry. Go. This this is a church celebrating the gods of the four seasons. That joke wouldn't make sense if you didn't know that. It was a very clever joke. Back back in the day, the primitive folk of Arcavius didn't know any gods, so they worshipped representations of things. We should probably get going. Hannah, uh, he's beaming, very happy that perhaps all of this time spent researching all of this with mistake was not a waste of time after all. <laughs> He's living out an academic's fantasy where his very specific field of expertise is relevant to saving the world. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's Powerwash Simulator all over again! <laughs> and with that we're gonna pause so we can feed kitties. Feed so kitties. I'll leave that on. Hello everyone! Thank you for joining us again this week. This episode was recorded in Watertown, Massachusetts, also known as the traditional land of the Pekaset and Nanantum peoples. I'd like to give a huge thank you to all of the talented musicians that helped bring this podcast to life with their amazing music. We've provided a link to their web pages in the description. I would also like to thank our talented players, Tyler Rubin, Rin Garnett, Michael Yang, and Nikki Aguilar-Thompson. This story would not be the same without their wonderful creativity. I've been your host and DM, Alex Aguilar-Thompson, and I hope to see you here again next week for another episode of Roleplay Radio.